Get this, an ex-FBI agent involved in the BS Trump Russiagate probe has been indicted for aiding a Russian oligarch. It's almost like everything they accuse him of, they've done. Weird, isn't it? You just can't make this stuff up, but I've got Congressman Jim Jordan on deck with more, and the show starts now. Whether it's batches, that's plural, of classified documents found in Joe's possession, or this next story of a Trump-Russia investigator getting actual kickbacks thanks to actual Russia collusion, it sure does seem like whatever the left accuses Trump of doing, they've actually done and successfully covered up until now. Now that you know what is hitting the fan. And here's that plot twist for you. Ex-FBI agent Charles McGonigal, who led the FBI's counterintelligence division in New York and was involved in the Trump-Russia investigation, has been indicted for conspiring to remove sanctions on a Russian oligarch with close ties to Putin. According to prosecutors, McGonigal allegedly received $225,000 from a former Russian intelligence officer while he was still employed by the FBI. No kidding. This is all just two rich folks and yet another perfect example of why the FBI swamp needs to be drained and now, here with more on just how House Republicans plan to do just that is House Freedom Caucus Chairman Congressman Jim Jordan. Congressman, it's great to see you. You've been so busy. I appreciate you taking the time. Tommy, good to be with you. So there's so much to dig into, but I want to start off with that ex-FBI agent. You know, like yeah. I said in my open, Congressman, it seems like everything they accuse Donald Trump or conservatives in general of doing, they have already done and yeah. worse. But what's the latest yeah. on this? Well, and, and the other thing is, you know, uh, the only thing we get wrong about this stuff is it's always worse than we thought. So you got this FBI who spied on presidential Trump's campaign, uh, who altered evidence in front of the FISA court, who lied to the FISA court, who paid a confidential human source money, even after they knew that confidential human source was lying to him. Now we find out one of the agents who was involved in launching the Trump Russia investigation has been indicted for taking money from Russia. So you can't make this stuff up. And I think this is real important. This is not just any agent. This is the guy who ran the special agent in charge of counterintelligence in the New York division. And this is not just any Russian he took money from. This is Oleg Deripaska, who's been involved in all kinds of things, but also Oleg Deripaska, Christopher Steele worked for this guy, the guy who's the, the Steele dossier that sort of launched this whole thing into President Trump. So I think that all is why this is so alarming. And we want to we're trying to find out exactly how involved this guy was, this McGonagall, um, what he may have done while he was at the FBI, because we know that they, he was getting paid by Deripaska once he left the FBI. But again, remember, head of counterintelligence in the New York division, a special agent in charge of that, and had worked for the FBI for 22 years when he retired and started taking money from this Russian oligarch. It's all just too rich, but I, you know, I wonder, and I always ask this question, Congressman, but I always wonder, will it matter? I know that you guys are getting ready to, to launch a committee into the FBI weaponization and try to get to the bottom of it, which I want to hear more about, but I also wonder, do the American people at large have an appetite to actually know what's going on, or do they find it okay as long as it doesn't impact them directly? That's the concern I have. Well, I hear from a lot of folks, not only in the 4th District of Ohio, but around the country, who are just so tired of the double standard. And the first, you know, one set of rules for, for uh, us regular folk, a different set of rules if you're part of the politically connected class, if your name is Clinton or Comey or McCabe or Biden, you get treated different than, than Republicans or Trump or pro-life activists. So they're tired of that. And I always say, 
the first step into stopping this, the first step into stopping what I think is a, a political focus at the Justice Department is to get all the facts on the table, to get all the truth out there for the American people. And that's what we're committed to doing on this select committee and also in the full Judiciary Committee. Because if you stop and think about it, Tommy, every right we enjoy has been assaulted over the last couple of years. Certainly the Democrats went after your Second Amendment liberties, but every right you enjoy under the First Amendment, your right to practice your faith, your right to assemble, right to petition the government, freedom of press, freedom of speech. And that last one is probably the most important. And that's the one they've went after in so many ways. This whole collusion between big government and big tech to suppress information and keep it from the American people. So we're going to dig into all this and make sure that if we get everything out there, we think that's step one into stopping this, this unequal treatment under the law, which is not supposed to happen in our country. Well, I appreciate that. And I'm glad that you brought that up because I don't know if you saw Congressman, but a few weeks back, we got some information, a little email mentioning, mentioning me and Tucker Carlson from the White House digital director to Facebook saying that they needed to reduce our speech on that yep. platform. So I want to know, in all of these investigations, these committees that are going to be happening, is that White House digital director, Rob Flaherty, is he ever going to be called to the carpet? Because I don't know, maybe I have a special interest in this, but I'd sure like sure. to know why me and Tucker Carlson specifically needed to be reduced and why Facebook was so happy to do it. Yeah, the reason they did is because you were having an influence. You're making a difference. You were getting information, important information to the American people. So they come after you. We saw this with Kaylee McEnany when 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 uh, she just tweeted the story out in the New York Post about Hunter Biden in just the weeks before the presidential election of 2020. We saw this in 2018 when four members of Congress were shadow banned by Twitter. 435 in the House, 100 in the Senate, 535, only four. Gates, Meadows, Nunes, Jordan. And it just happened to be right in the middle of all that Trump-Russia baloney, the Mueller investigation, and they go after those four. So yeah, we always know why this happens. So we're gonna look at all this. We think we're actually gonna get a lot of information though from the brave FBI agents who've come to us as whistleblowers. Many of them now been retaliated against, we think, by the FBI once they've, once they've come to us. We think they're going to be willing to be deposed and come testify in hearing. So we're going to look to get information from those individuals. And then, of course, we will also look at the agencies in the White House who may be willing to come testify. And if not, we may have to uh, use the, the, the subpoena authority to try to get people and to try to get the information and documents we need. But we think really where the most of the information is going to come from are people who've been targeted by the government, like some of these parents who were showing up at school board meetings. And we think we're going to get a lot of information from these whistleblowers who we plan to depose. Uh, we've already talked to some, but we plan to depose them as well. There's a few different areas that I think Big Pharma needs to be held accountable for. One is the narrative surrounding COVID, COVID vaccines and all of this. And the other is why they were so interested in controlling that narrative. And then there's a whole discussion on vaccine side effects, and that involves the White House and big tech and all of this yeah. as well. You know, there's still stickers being placed on everything on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube about COVID. So Twitter might be a little more free, but the rest of these platforms are still operating in this COVID era, and they are still working to censor and to silence all conversation, even knowing what we know now about vaccines and boosters and side effects. Is there plans to hold Big Pharma accountable. I know that that's something that we've been talking about for decades now, and it has yet to happen. Yeah, I think some of that will happen in the Energy and Commerce Committee and in the Oversight Committee uh, under the chairmanship of Kathy McMorris-Rogers and, and, and Jamie Comer. But I am I'm interested, too, in how that you know, how that impacted uh, is so many American lives and, and how the CDC 
was in many ways weaponized, I think, to, to in a way to give false information to the American people. Because think about it, Tommy. Everything they told us turned out to be wrong, right? They told us that, that it didn't come from a lab. Sure looks like it did. They told us it wasn't gain-of-function research. Sure looks like it was. They told us it wasn't American tax dollars that went to EcoHealth and then to the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Yes, it was. They told us the vaccinated couldn't get it. The vaccinated couldn't transmit it. Those were wrong. They told us there's no such thing as natural immunity. Are you kidding me? So, of course, we need to go back and hold people accountable who told us things that were not accurate and continue to tell us things that were not accurate, even after we started getting evidence and, and, and data in that said, you guys are wrong about this. I asked Dr. Burks a question in a hearing several months ago. I said, Dr. Burks, when the government told us that the vaccinated couldn't get it, were they guessing or lying? And it was amazing because she sat there for a second. She says, well, I kind of like to think. I said, it was a guess they were hoping. Well, I mean, so this is how bad it was. And the idea, that, oh, we can just move on now. No, we need all the facts on the table. And the people who told us things wrong need to come testify. That's, I think, at, at, a, at a minimum, that's what the American people deserve. Yeah, and now the White House, though, and the FDA are still pushing these COVID boosters. They want to have a flu and a COVID shot cocktail now. So it's continuing on, and the information is still being put out there without us really knowing the safety issues surrounding this vaccine. A lot of Americans are very, very concerned about this. And I want to ask yep. you about this as it relates to our troops as well. Thank goodness the vaccine mandate has been lifted, but now you've still got those service members who still lost out on a lot, and now they're having to repay any bonuses that they received. I mean, this is pretty far. Yeah. Yeah, we should uh, we should let anyone who wants to come back in to our and serve our country, we should let them back in with back pay. Uh, that should be what we fight for this Congress. But it was good to get rid of the vaccine, uh, the vaccine mandate. And then um, uh, we, but that's something we got to push push for in the next national defense authorization bill. Next thing I want to talk to you about is uh, classified Joe, because things are not looking good for Joe Biden. But then the other day we find out Mike Pence has classified documents as well. He swore up and down that that was so inappropriate for Donald Trump to do it when he was in the process of throwing Donald Trump under the bus. But now, I mean, the question that a lot of Americans have is, is there anybody that's in government office that doesn't take classified information at this point? Is that the new normal? Yeah, well, let's let's hope not. Uh, I do think there's still this, um, and w which we talked about earlier, this, this, this double standard. Uh, you know, I think uh, President Trump was working with the archives. He was working with the DOJ. Uh, Vice President Pence uh, found it, fixed it, reported it right away. Uh, but with Joe Biden, there was a story in the Washington Post just two days ago. And the story said that Joe Biden and the Department of Justice had a, quote, shared understanding that they were going to keep the story quiet. Well, why was that? Maybe it was because they found them six days before the first batch. They found six days before the election. I'd have kind of liked to have known that. I think the American people deserve to know that, particularly in light of what happened 91 days before the election, which was a raid on President Trump's home with CNN cameras, lights and everything else. And his lawyers couldn't be present. There was no shared understanding about that. But why was there a shared understanding between the Department of Justice and the Biden lawyers when it came to Joe Biden's classified document concern. That is the problem. And that, that, that's the angle we want to look at, because again, we want everyone treated the same. Equal treatment under the law is one of the hallmarks of this great country, the greatest country ever. And if we don't have that, if we don't have that, America is no longer America. And that is why this is so darn important that we get the facts on the table, because that's, again, step one in stopping it is to get everything out there for the country to see. 
and I see you tweet about it every day, but a lot of us are very confused as to why Joe Biden was searched and Donald Trump was raided. Very big difference, yeah. as you just touched on. A lot of people very concerned about it. But I've had a theory since this came out a couple weeks ago about this classified document information as it relates to Joe Biden. I don't think that any of this was an accident. And by that, I mean when it came out, how it came out. I think the Democrats are moving away from Joe Biden. I think they're throwing him under the bus. They're perfectly fine with saying, yeah, you know, because these classified documents, we have to go another direction in 2024. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think that this is a very calculated move? You know, I don't know. Uh, I mean, maybe, maybe not. I just I just don't know. Um, I think it's always hard for uh, a party to say they're not going to have the incumbent president in their first term run for a second term. So we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. I know that I believe it's February 7th, I think, is the date then that Joe Biden's coming to give the, the State of the Union address. Uh, and I think he's indicated he's going to announce his plans for 2024 shortly thereafter. So we'll we'll know soon enough. Uh, what's uh, what's going on with the party, and if the, if in fact there is some move to try to push him aside, I don't think that's the case. But uh, you never know. You never know with Democrats. You never know with the hard left. Well, I lived in California for several years, and I can see that look on Gavin Newsom's face. He is ready. You know, have you ever seen The Lion King? He is Scar, and Joe Biden is Mufasa. <laughs> and I'm telling you, I see it. I see the writing on the wall. So let it be known. I'm saying that now. Last thing I want to talk yeah. to you about, though, you touched on it a little bit earlier. But the Roe v. Wade, the Dobbs decision, the leaker, the Supreme Court leaker, they just couldn't find out who it was. And they don't really seem too concerned on finding out exactly who that person was. Hmm. How believable is that for the American people? Well, you think they could figure it out. I, I hope they can. And, and look, I, I don't really want Congress to investigate this, but I, I'm, I'm happy if there's if something we can do that can be helpful in their investigation. But again, what happened? And, and because of that leak, never forget. There was an assassination attempt on a sitting Supreme Court justice. There were protests at, at all the conservative justices' homes in direct violation of a statute, 18 U.S.C. Section 1507, which says you cannot be protesting at a justice's home with the intention, with the motivation of trying to impact and influence a pending decision, pending case, which is exactly what they were doing. It was directly on point. And Merrick Garland basically did, the Justice Department did nothing. Meanwhile... If you're a dad praying in front of an abortion clinic, you get your door kicked in, you get arrested in front of your wife and kids, and you go to trial for something the local official says was not a problem. They weren't pressing any charges against this guy, but the, the FBI uses the FACE Act to come after you. So that, that's the, the scary part here. Um, so I do hope they find this because you don't want this kind of stuff happening. You don't want these leaks happening at the Supreme Court. It's just not, not good for the institution, not good for our country. A lot of institutions that are on shaky ground and they shouldn't be. My last question for you, what's next for you guys? I mean, you guys have been working really hard. I was really frustrated that first week with everything going on. I, I, I wanted you to be our speaker selfishly. I'm happy that you took this role and I'm happy that you were leading the charge as it comes to investigations and all of that. But what's next for House Republicans? You have a, a big agenda to get to in the next well, couple of years. Yeah, we need to do the, you know, part of our duty is to do the investigations, do the oversight. We're going to do that in a way that's consistent with the Constitution, unlike, I think, what the Democrats did to President Trump. And then we're, but we're going to do it vigorously and aggressively. And then also from a, from a kind of a bigger, broader legislative point of view, this debt ceiling issue, 
I mean, the idea that 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 five weeks ago, the Democrats could pass a one point seven trillion dollar monstrosity of a bill that funded all kinds of goofy things, plankton studies and salmon studies and gave the FBI a five hundred million dollar increase, that they can pass that. And we're all opposed to it. And then they can turn around at the White House and say one week ago, we will not negotiate with Republicans on increasing the debt ceiling. Just raise it. Just give us more money. Just borrow more money. What? Like what that, that and and what world does that make any common sense? So we're going to insist on some good common sense measures. What I would recommend is, here's a simple one. Hey, if we're going to give you more money, uh, Senate, why don't you show us your budget? Why don't you pass a budget? Show us your budget. You haven't done that in years. Show us your budget. I mean, you go to a bank to borrow more money for a business. You got to show them your business plan for goodness sake. We're going to give you more money. Show us your budget, Senate. Do something that that everyone else has to do. Second, when we get to the end of fiscal year, September 30th, and sometimes we get into this shutdown, showdown scenario, when we get to, forget that. Just say, look, if we get to the end of the fiscal year, September 30th, and we haven't funded the government, then that we haven't passed that bill, we will just automatically spend at the current year level. Frankly, that would save us a lot of money over time, save us a lot because government always grows. So those two simple common sense things and the idea that the White House is saying we're not going to negotiate. I mean, OK, tell the American people you're not going to you're not going to support those two common sense measures that make that that every family has to deal with from time to time. Uh, that's the kind of stuff we should we should be focused on, particularly on this debt ceiling issue. Yeah, and families are struggling right now to still find baby formula and eggs at the grocery store. Now, I, I promise you this is my last question, but I just thought of it because you mentioned all the BS that was in that omnibus bill, like a statue of Zelensky, which quite frankly makes me physically ill. This is my last question. Yesterday, I was on with Piers Morgan Uncensored. We stream it on Fox Nation as well. And we were having a debate discussion about sending tanks to Ukraine and further funding that war effort. And it seems like everybody over there in the UK and Europe, they're all for it. They want to send tanks. They want to get us into another endless war is what I believe yeah. it would be. So I want to know in D.C., because I was told everybody in D.C. was on board. They were ready to just fully fund Ukraine endlessly. I want to know what I the actual again. talk is. You know, I voted against the, the the funding bills for Ukraine here. The last the last several of them, because uh, I, I think you're right. We, we look, we support Ukraine. What Russia did is wrong. But we got to be real careful here. Um, I understand Abrams tank. Abrams tank are the best tank made. They, they put them together in the fourth district of Ohio. I understand why you want them. But we got to be real careful about escalating this thing and, 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 and the involvement of the United States. And frankly, um, why does the United States have to put so much of the bill? This should be done by much more of our NATO allies uh, in, in NATO allies in Europe, of course, should be, I think, stepping up to the plate more so than the United States. So uh, I got real concerns like you do, Tommy. Yeah, a lot of average Americans are still wondering why we're paying to defend someone else's border and not our own. Congressman, thank well you said. for so much of your time and for fighting the good fight. You impress all you of too. us, and I'm really happy that we've got you leading that charge. Thank you, Tommy. Take care. All right, still ahead. The Oscar nominations are out, and guess what? They still aren't woke enough for the left. My final thoughts are next. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. 
Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. The 2023 Oscar nominations are in, and hold on to your hats, folks. They are still not woke enough for the left. What do they have they their non-binary panties in a wad over this year? I'll tell you because it's time for Final Thoughts. This year marks the 95th annual Academy Awards. For roughly 85 to 86 of those years, the nominations and then winners were based primarily on talent and merit. And that's also probably why normal people actually watch them. But that whole merit and talent thing is so 1995. It's 2023 and in America we should judge, or at least we're made to believe we should judge, everything based on quotas, selective diversity, and the ever-changing oppression totem pole. When it comes to woke events, the Oscars ranks just above the NBA and just under a flippin' BLM rally. So what could possibly be the issue? Well, you know liberals, they'll find something. A few years ago, the Oscars were dubbed too white, then too male. Then shortly thereafter, these fake asses in Hollywood decided it was the Me Too movement they were dressing up to celebrate themselves under the guise of. Ironic, given a good percentage of those Me Too allies knew about Hollywood's sexual assault and harassment for years, if not decades, but chose to shut up until it became popular. But anyway, new year, new nominations list, new fodder for the Hollywood liberal elites and the journalists that follow them to bitch about. This year, we are back to there are not enough females nominated. Yes, the Wokesters are ticked that no female directors were nominated for best director, saying several female directors whom I have never heard of, who directed movies I, again, have never heard of, were snubbed. Oh, the horror, the horror. I am woman, hear me roar. But oh, snap, wait a dang on second, I'm confused. I thought liberals didn't recognize binary genders. What happened to that? Aren't we all just its at the end of the day, according to the left? Under that woked-up premise a female not being nominated is inconsequential, even a win for the they-thems, right? It's all such a nonsensical joke. The Oscars are always too white, too male, too straight, and too American for these crybabies. Get over yourselves. And P.S., need I remind these angry libs, it's not like your arch nemesis Donald Trump and his former cabinet members are selecting these nominees and winners. Hello, you, the loving and tolerant Hollywood liberals, are. The Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts, and Sciences is divided into several branches, actors, cinematographers, writers, directors, and so on and so forth. And shot in the dark here, y'all are varying degrees of liberal. So if it's not diverse enough, that's on y'all. Perhaps next year you should just leave Oscar nomination ballots at the front counter of Planned Parenthoods or hand them out to every double-masked solo walker you see on the street, and then perhaps you'll get the non-binary, gender-fluid, semi-trans, Hispanic, slash Asian, slash Black immigrant nominee with a disability you're really looking for. Go for it. The rest of us aren't watching anyway. And those are my final thoughts from Nashville. God bless and take care.